0: Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Adi Redsnick on the line. Adi, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. What about you, Michael?
0: I am awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've got an interesting backstory and the work you do is absolutely amazing. But just for the audience that's not familiar with who you are, uh, give a you know brief bio of you know some of the things that you've done and, and you're doing today.
1: All right. So I'm a life leadership and business coach. I help people in organizations get where they want to go. Uh, face their demons, grow, overcome overcome things. And uh, essentially, uh, you know, I have this slogan, uh, have courage to live a life you love. And that is something that I think is sorely missing. So many people try to live the life that they think they should instead of the life that they're meant to. And so um, I try to help people with that. I've done it for a while. I'm a published author. uh, And really, I think what makes me unique in this sense is that I don't really give advice I haven't tested. Uh, I have a unique story. I grew up through a civil war. I came to the US with 300 bucks and a dream. And um, here I am today. You know, lots of people said, you're never going to make it. You cannot do these things. It's, you know, too difficult. And I told them, well, obstacle is the way. Watch me and now i try to help others do the same thing
0: that's awesome and i love how you use the word courage Uh, i oftentimes will say people need to give themselves permission to live the life that they want because they delegate it they say okay i have to go to work at this job and do this and check off all the boxes and if i do this and this and this then i'll be happy so they they postpone happy they don't enjoy their life because they don't enjoy their work they they for a variety of different reasons and you know definitely want to you know chat with you about that uh, but you know, the fact that you you know immigrated to the us and as with many you know people that have come to america over you know centuries they were probably told the same thing. Uh, It's going to be a struggle. You're going to have a tough time and all that stuff. And yes, there's going to be challenges along the way, but you have a choice. You say, am I going to let these struggles hold me back? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to work through them or work around them to get to where I want to be? And that's where the courage component comes in again, because if you believe in yourself and everybody should believe in themselves, um, then you know, no hurdle is going to be insurmountable for you. Yes, it might take you longer than you like, but you're going to get through it and you're going to get to where you want to go and, and quite possibly well beyond uh, your wildest dreams. So I commend you for persevering and, and sticking through it. And, and I don't want to say ignoring those people, but at least you, know, you, you heard them but you didn't take it to heart. And say, okay, I guess you're right. I'm just going to stay here and be miserable. No, you went okay. Let's let's tackle this and
1: figure out what I need to do to get to where I want to be. Absolutely, and you know, it's it's a very um, it's so easy to get caught up in what's not possible. I mean, our brain is designed to look for danger, to look for obstacles, so we can protect ourselves. The thing is, uh, comfort is, well, comfortable, but nothing grows there. Nothing happens there. And so, you know, for me, it was, I always, I had this thing as a kid, I wrote down, I can, I will succeed. I had no freaking clue how I was going to do it. I mean, I was 17 years old. I, there's so many, you you were 17 once and you remember how many different things happen internally for, for all of us and then externally and the pressures and everything. But ultimately down to the to the attitude and comes down to the question well uh, i have this one life what what shall i do with it uh do i put my happiness the key to my happiness in someone else's pocket or do i try and not only try but kind of look at it as well failure isn't an option so when we don't have a failure as an option well what's what's left well we find a way to to success I love that. So,
0: if you're, you know, talking with someone or someone comes to you and you know they're trying to figure out, you know, what they want in life, because some people don't even think that far. They like they just kind of exist. So, what are some things that can help people, you know, figure out you know who they are and you know what they want to do and and how to get to those uh, certain steps in their life?
1: Well. Uh- well, my big thing, you know, the name of my first book is Own It. And the idea behind it is you have to be honest with yourself, good, bad, and otherwise, all of it. So it's really don't go left or right. So don't get distracted, but go deep. Look at yourself in the mirror and recognize, well, your value, recognize the fundamental goodness, and therefore the factor deserving to go forth and at least try to live a life you love and uh, it's really the buck stops with you, with all of us. There's no one coming to save us and life doesn't get easier. We just get better at it. So kind of understanding this and and as much as as difficult as it is coming to terms with it is uh, the first step. And then looking at the true uh, kind of aligning, okay, what am I really drawn to? What am I really doing? And how much of this is the programming I experienced in my childhood versus who I really am? You know, we are programmed within the first six, seven years of our life, 90% of who we are is programmed. The issue is that's not often, most often, it's not what we, who we are, or what we really want. So we have to spend some time soul searching. You know, I had, I had a moment in my life uh, kind of what, what sparked this, the work I'm doing now is where I was at the floor of my apartment with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Externally, I was very successful. I was running an organization. I had raised a couple million dollars. I was a star. You know, everything was just on paper, looked beautiful. But internally, I was miserable. And there came a moment when I kind of admitted to myself, I hate you. That's what I said to myself. And of course, most people, when I tell this story, they're like, You you what? No, you can't say that about yourself. I'm like, yes, I can. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't define who I am. It just describes the place I'm in and I have to find a way out of it. So for me, it was a, a moment of, well, do I continue living like this? And it was a conversation I had about, do I end it all or do I change it? And of course, you know, I, I like, you know, the name of my business is Think Change. I am a fan of changing things and making things happen. So I was like, all right, how do I go from self-hatred to self-love? And that process required brutal honesty. But that process also led to freedom. Because when you get to know who yourself inside and out, you have a drink with your demons, you don't run away from yourself, it frees you up to be who you are, to pursue things. And when the obstacles happen, and believe me, I can write a whole book on how many I encountered, that's all they are. They're just obstacles and you use them as a motivation to kind of get to the next level as opposed to something that's just unbearable. As long as we're here, as long as we're breathing, we have a chance. And of course, like you said, it comes down to that permission. It comes down to that courage to do it. I love
0: that. And you know, having a drink with your demons is, is one of those things where a lot of people you know, try to outrun them. And it's amazing how fast your demons are. Um, I mean, they could probably beat Usain Bolt in the Olympics. That's how fast they are. And instead of you know, running from them, it's facing the music. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to describe it. But you know, really sit down in a, in a self-loving way and go, okay, why do I have these demons? Past traumas, your upbringing... It could be a variety of different things. Um, mm-hmm. Lack of self confidence. Who knows? And everyone you know has variances on what they are. But coming to grips with them and looking at them, and from a standpoint where you tell the amygdala to kind of hush up for a minute, so you can just focus on on you know looking at yourself and things that are going on in your life, can provide some clarity for you to make the necessary changes to say okay this is how i'm going to be dealing with this going forward and i've seen many people because i help teams and individuals with burnout i've seen them make the transition once they get crystal clear on why they burned out in the first place because you can stop burnout pretty quickly if you make some you know, simple changes and, and things like that. But what's more important is figuring out how did you get to that point in the first place so you don't do that again. And sometimes people do not like looking within. And I think even during this pandemic, when so many people have been working from home and they've been alone and they haven't been out engaging people as much, you know, they, they've got a lot of time with themselves. And I think there's you know some there's definitely some concern on my part that unless they know what to do, it could be very detrimental to them that's why we're seeing a huge increase in alcoholism cases we're seeing huge increases in marriages ending a lot of other mental health aspects and when I talk to people that work in in the mental health space and in people that work with people uh, and, and their mindset and whatnot. You know, we're, we're very concerned that the post-trauma of this pandemic is going to last longer than the actual pandemic does. And it's, yeah. I think we've got, we've got a lot of uh, things going on you know, now, and I think down the road, there's going to be a lot of situations where people are going to need a lot of help.
1: Uh, absolutely. And so one of the things that, if you think about it, we're living our lives, we're going about our day. Everybody wrote their resolutions, most of which are going to you know, collapse back in 2020. And then all of a sudden, the life as we knew it ends, it abruptly stops, and that is traumatic. You know, people, a lot of times, associate trauma with major events in life, you know, wars. I mean, I grew up through a war. I remember a bomb exploding outside of our window. Sure, that affected some of my trauma, but I had other events in my life that were more traumatic. So, trauma, really, it's a shock to our system. This is both individual and collective. And then it's prolonged because it's a new way of living. So what do we do with it? So if I could give, you know, people ask me, so what's one piece of advice you'd give people for 2021 is uh, take care of yourself. Take the time to heal. Take the time to figure things out. Use this as an opportunity. Uh, don't be ashamed that for some reason the life kept going like this and all of a sudden everything seems like it's collapsed because usually i mean that's where the you know analogy of the phoenix comes in it is out of that chaos is it, is it out of out of that discomfort and pain that the best versions of us come out if we give them a chance and so you know i tell people if you're spending money on doing other things or time or energy reallocate some of that some of those resources on working with someone, and sure, this sounds like I'm selling myself, which naturally I am. But it's really, I, I, people need to work with who, whoever they resonate with. But I tell people, find a mirror. You have to find the care and uh, learn. You know, remember someone you love so much to do anything for them in the world. Well, make that somebody you. And to give that love to yourself. And you can't give that love to yourself or anybody else unless you you take the time to heal, bring up some of these demons. And, you know, um, pandemics, traumas bring those demons in our face. Our instinct is going to be to run because that's, you know, human paradox. We run away from the very things that could help us um, facing them. Is, we can, and the wisdom there is, and this is, you know, much smarter people over the ages have come up with this. The wisdom is that those demons are uh, teachers. They're not scary. They're only scary if we make them scary. Fear isn't real. Fear is, a, 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 you know, our response to, to a perceived threat. So if we recognize this such and we flip it and we say, well, hey, hold on a second. This is a way for me to kind of lift myself up that can actually yield some really, really positive
0: results. Yeah, it's amazing when you recognize that and you flip that switch and you can look at things in a different way. And it's a lot to do with you know self-leaders you know and being a leader of your own life and all of that and i know some of the work you do as well is you know helping leaders go to the next level and we could be leaders of our own life or organizations but you know what are some things you do to help leaders kind of get from where they are right now where many of them may be plateaued and they've just hit this level how do they get to the next level
1: so we talk about you know i i I say let's get You know, I'm a big fan of uh, rawness and truth, authenticity. Authenticity gives us the authority to lead. So as a leader, uh, you figure out you want to be integrated. So every part of you, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing, what you're saying is aligned. And that has to uh, kind of a ripple effect around, around the organization. If it is, if once you reach that point, then you can collectively look at and say, okay, where is it that we want to go? So many organizations, you know, I've done some work with diversity and equity and of course growth and uh, leadership stuff. I mean, I was at a train, I was giving a training once, and a head of an HR says, uh, Well, you don't always have to have empathy. This person manages people. And they were convinced of this. And of course, you know, I'm like, No, empathy sh- it should. And can exist in all situations. And it needs to. You're not a really good leader unless you can develop that you know, emotional intelligence. So w- the way I help leaders is look at that their life holistically. We, we look at that, what is their why? Why are, why are they living the life they are? And how does that translate to their organization, um, people they're leading, you know, whether it's a university, small business, large business, government entity. And what, where do you want to go? What is that vision that seems so right? Not a vision that we were pushed into, not the, oh, we got to make money. Well, that's just what you do as a business owner. No, what is the, how are you really contributing and what is the thing that pulls you? So that alignment of a personal why and organizational is where we sort of start. And then, of course, you build on the structures, systems, communication um, methodologies in order to help people be effective so often we see the narrative you know people put the credo they put a mission they put a vision and a lot of the times what i do with with the leaders especially you know, in the executive coaching arena i i call them out on it i'm like what, what is this bullshit? what why are you saying this stuff this is not real if you're not living it if your people are not feeling it you're not living it and of course there's then the lessons we go into addressing things like you know, organizational culture, it's like a iceberg. There's only so much that's seen and people focus on that, but there's so much more underneath that good leaders, great leaders, wise leaders need to actually tackle. And so we will look at that. We will look at the things like, okay, what are the, where is it? Where are you at realistically, truly, for real compared to your goals? You know, universities are notorious with this. They write these, things to make themselves feel good. Oh, well, these are our aspirants, these are our competitors, and we're kind of okay. No, you're living in an, in an industry that is collapsing. You have to do something. Uh, you have to embrace the very point you exist, which is creation of knowledge and dissemination of it. So how do you do that? How do you stop paying lip service? That is how great companies are built. One example of Apple, Steve Jobs, you know, 1.0, all kinds of issues, he's all over the place, whatnot. Steve Jobs 2.0 comes back, has a brush with first time with cancer, realizes his, his mortality, understands that he wants to build something that lasts, that is quality. And he pursues that. I mean, he's not the only one. There are many others who who decided to really lead. And that's that's how I mean that's that's where I come in and sort of it's like inspiring in in, in martial arts or boxing. You know, I, and my job is to support, teach some new skills, um, help the person become a champion that also sometimes includes knocking them out, calling them out on what's real that actually, while it's uncomfortable, it usually, it's like a, you know, caterpillar becomes a butterfly. There's that moment of like breakthrough and people go, oh, and next thing you know, then there's exponential growth. There's actually openness, which. You know vulnerability, you know Brene Brown talks a lot about you know daring greatly all those things. Well, that's where it's at. It's just, of course, there's a rhyme and reason how you implement that. A lot of people talk about, oh, you just do it it's not that easy. If it was that easy, we'd all be doing it. There's a process, and there's an internal process that needs to happen. So you brought up amygdala, right? So managing emotions, managing yourself, how do you respond to fear? How do you quiet the voice in your head that's self-defeating, recognizing that it's not you, all of these things in order to be able to advance. Some of it sounds like fluff, but it's you know you know this. it's not a there's a lot more to it. Uh, why do people burn out? Because they're not aligned. They're running away from something or towards something, but not for the right reasons. Once you align yourself, it, life becomes lighter, and that places leaders in position to do good work. You know, I love all of
0: those things. and it, it, When you have a strong, healthy leader that is leading by example, leading themselves first, loving themselves, then they are fully present. and. Going back to what you said before, the empathy thing—you know—the strong leaders I've seen have empathy. They can be difficult. They can be very firm. They can, you know, fire people and all of that, but they can still be empathetic about the situation at hand, knowing all the dynamics of things. And when you have a leader like that. People emulate their leaders, you know, consciously or subconsciously. And when you have a strong leader leading an organization and the leaders below them are doing the same thing, then the products and services that company delivers is better. And it has a ripple effect on society. And the more organizations that do that, the better society will be. And even during this pandemic, I've been watching very closely to see how organizations are behaving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of them that you know were forced to do the work remote thing, and some of them were like mm, a little begrudging about it. And there are others that were like, "Okay, not only are we going to do this, we're going to continue doing this long after this pandemic is done. We're going to set everybody up with all kinds of different equipment, make sure that their work." place at home is ergonomically safe, so they don't have physical indis- you know, injuries and whatnot uh, working at home instead of just sitting on their couch or on the floor at the dining room table, which is not ergonomic. Um, so organizations that are doing this, like we wanna make sure that our employees have everything they can do to do their jobs. And also we're gonna work with everybody, to figure out when they're gonna work because so many of us became full-time school teachers during yeah. this pandemic. <laughs> And we're going, wait a minute, kids are in school around the same time that I was working, and now I'm helping them. When am I going to get my work done? Oh, afterwards. So all of a sudden, you start seeing like the, the study um, from NordVPN indicated that Americans, on average, are working 20% more hours since the pandemic. Like, That's not good. We don't need that. So the smart organizations are, are taking a step back, and they're looking and going, okay, what do we do? you know, and what are we what do we actually need to do right now and when you know, working with companies I said well the first thing you do is you know, call up all your customers and ask them what they need right now not what they've always needed ask what they need right now and if you deliver that to them you're going to make their lives easier which is going to make their employees lives easier and it just has a huge ripple effect on all of that so strong leadership and you know the the best leaders Are not only impacting their company, they're impacting all the companies they deal with as well. And it just, when you have that, it makes for such a better society and it makes organizations stronger and it actually does a great job in reducing and preventing burnout because everything is working in a more harmonious state instead of this go 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 and and you know asking people what's our mission vision and values so they go into the boardroom and they read the poster and they go our mission and vision and values are dot 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 dot." and you're like yeah it's like you might as well put up a picture of donald duck it's going to do the same thing Uh, so no it's amazing
1: that's And the big thing about it is, especially when you have such an abrupt change that is outside of our control, it's that listening. What do your people, people that you directly impact and then people you impact through your people, so your customers, other businesses, society, what do they need? And having the humility to say, you know what, we were wrong. Or that, that thing wasn't the best. There's another way. I mean, I have clients that I worked with and I encourage them. A couple of years ago, I created this concept of entreployment, where you empower your people uh, to be entrepreneurial. Uh, most people want that pride. They want a sense of accomplishment, satisfaction, internal um, you know, contribution. And that's why so many people want their own, you know, to work for themselves. But sometimes that's not feasible. So how do you create an environment where people feel empowered to do that and contribute to themselves and the company? So I, I work with people and I brought it up a, a couple of years ago and they were like, no, 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 we can't do these things. Well, now they're doing it. And, you know, in working with them, it's they're like, well, how do we admit to this? I'm like, you just admit you thought something was working and now you realize there's another way. That is how progress happens. That's how innovation happens. And now... Perhaps more than ever, we have such an awesome opportunity to reinvent how we're doing things, uh, to, to innovate how business is done. The, the old uh, you know, 80s of uh, burnout, you just have to rush and do these things and it's, maybe it's up to us to create a new reality. And that's, I mean, by definition, that's what leaders are supposed to do, is, is pave a new path. And right now, it's a great opportunity, but it does require humility to say, okay, well, that's how we did it before. What's next? How do we do it better now? And engaging people, taking care of people, and and that's how you best see healthy culture. When you see people taking care of, they love working there now because that's one of their you know, gimmicks, oh, I love working here, but you actually see people, they, they feel good to go to work, to, to log in, to check their email, um, then you know, okay, they're doing something right. Those people are being cared for. And guess what? When people are cared for, they're going to do even more. They're going to contribute more because they feel good. There's no that friction of, uh, I, don't, I don't like these things. I hate my job. And that's where we see change. You know, when you have 75, 80% of Americans saying they're unsatisfied with their lives, it's like a question is like, well, what the hell are we doing as a society? This is not healthy because that means we're, we're our kids, we're just perpetuating the cycle. It should be reversed. It should actually be 100%, but of course that's ideal, maybe too idealistic, but at least People should, 75% of their time, should be satisfying, especially we, we've never been richer. We've never had opportunities that we do today. We've never been, uh, had the tools to be connected. What's the issue? Well, the issue is leadership. The issue is having a vision that is actually bolder, that actually moves people and allows people to live, well, the life they love.
0: That's amazing, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. So, Adi, I've loved our
1: conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work that you do? So, Uh that's always the best face, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on other social media outlets as well, but I think these two are sort of my uh, go-to. Uh, I love re- you know connecting with people. If people go on, you know, tell me they heard about my work through your podcast, uh, they'll get... 10% off of all my services. Um, part of it is, you know, when you have your why crystal clear, and my why is making that impact. Um, I'm all I like. I love doing what I do, so I want to help people as much as I can. So people want to reach out if they have questions, if they heard something on here, that they're like, "What the hell is he talking about?" I'm more than happy uh, chat with people. You know, give a free consultation, whatever it is that people might need, and then you know, we go from there.
0: That's awesome. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So thanks again for being on the show. I love the work that you're doing and the impact that you're having on society. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. Really awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the The Breakfast Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.